This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, I want to start off with an apology. You may not even realize this, but last week uh, I did not have a new recording for this program. I forgot. I completely forgot. I, I thought maybe maybe the first could be the second time that's happened in the seven years I've been doing this. Um, but I had to go to a a funeral, and it was last minute. It was. Uh, wasn't that always fully unexpected, but it happened quicker than anticipated. And I was on my way up to Durango driving when I got a, a email from Ramon, who takes care of the th- uh, all these programming programs, get them on the radio. And he's like, "Where's your program?" And I told him I forgot. Grab an old one for me. I'm sorry. So I apologize for that. But I'm here. I'm back today, and we're going to be taking a look at Titus chapter two. We finished up the elders a couple of weeks ago. And we're in Titus chapter 2. We're going to look at just the first 10 verses. And we're separating verses 11 to 15 out as its own. So we're going to look at just the first 10 verses. And I would title this, Adorning the Doctrine. I see that the last part of verse 10 as being all-encompassing for all the individuals being talked to in these verses. There at the end of verse 10, it says so that they will adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. And even though it in the text it appears to really just be applying to the bond servants, the slaves there, I do wonder if that was intended to be the ending statement for all of them, that that could be its own sentence. Um, but I, I, I am no scholar. Perhaps I am wrong. But let's, let's start here. In Titus 2, and it has been called by many as one of the gems of the entire New Testament. In the first part of this chapter, Paul gave instructions to various groups in the church. He gave the reason for his direction, so so Christians would adorn doctrine, as we just said. In the second part of this chapter, which we'll get to next week, he gave the theological basis for godly living. That's verses 11 to 15. Now, when we read verses 1 through 10, It reminds us of 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2. That's where Paul tells Timothy how to relate to different age groups. Now here, Paul obviously gives us more detail on how people in each group should conduct themselves. The new converts had grown up in a culture of self-centeredness, lying, callousness. So their biggest challenge was trying to lead a pure, godly, loving Christian life. It's a complete 180 from how their culture works. So why was it important for these different groups in the church to live as they should? Well, Paul was concerned about the impact their lives made on others. So consider these verses. They're at verse 5. So that the word of God would not be dishonored. Or verse 8. So that the opponent will be put to shame. Oh man, there's that that again. If you remember that from last week, uh, well not last week, a couple of weeks ago with the elders Remember, um, they were to 
the elders, even perhaps Titus, is to put to shame those who are rebellious. They cut them deep with the word. And then also verse 10, so that they will adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. So the three passages might be summarized like this. So that people will not be repulsed by the gospel, but will be attracted to it by your very lives. Whether or not we realize it, how we live either drives others away from the gospel or draws them to it. So we open up with verse 1 of chapter 2. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. So that's right after denouncing those false teachers. So Paul's order to Titus. Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. The you in this verse is emphatic. Others had been teaching on sound doctrine, but Titus was to speak things fitting for sound doctrine. We have seen that phrase sound doctrine often. It is teaching which produces healthy, well-balanced Christians who accept and live in conformity with the teaching of Christ. And it wasn't that Titus was not doing this. He was. This is just part of the letter. This is a letter to help Titus in his teaching and uh, that Paul has given him the stamp of approval, uh, showing the people there on the island that Paul has given Titus the stamp of approval. So that's the introduction. Now we start off in verses 2 to the first part of verse 4 with older Christians. They can adorn the doctrine. It says in verse 2, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women. We might have expected that Paul, following his charge in verse 1, would have spoken of doctrinal topics such as God's plan of salvation, expressions of worship, or a proper understanding of the Lord's church. Instead, his instructions center on Christian living. So here, the things fit for sound doctrine are ethical duties, which are, which the sound doctrine demands. And his instructions, Paul's instructions here, begin with the older Christians. They, and, and these brothers and sisters in Christ, they ought to be leading the way regarding God-pleasing lifestyles. And, and this makes sense. Elders, first. Appoint elders, Titus. The elder, older men are to be in charge, and they ought to be stepping up. It must happen. Otherwise, the church is lacking. After that, Titus, you get out of there and you reprove these false doctrines. That's why you need elders. You can't do it all by yourself. Next, older Christians. you got a role to play, too. Old age is an opportunity in itself. You do not have to have uh, the same... Um, the same activities and ministries of youth that have challenges and youthfulness, usefulness. Arthritis may limit action, but it does not limit prayer. Neither does failing vision or hearing. The greatest opportunity for cheerfulness and well witnessing may not come not in a corporate jet, but in a nursing home. Does that make sense? Because Paul did not specify the age, did he? when young men become older men, or when young women become older women. 
Whether we consider ourselves young or old, or, or even somewhere in between, Paul's got a message for us. We have a purpose. And so, he first listed the objectives for older men and what they are to be. Temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. And, it, and that comes from a plural form uh, of the general term used here for older Christians. It's all of them. It's also uh, sometimes a, a function it's a function as one of the designations for church leaders. And that could be here, but I think it's just all the older men. And he gives first these three objectives, and they're closely related. They're to be temperate. Older men are to be temperate. Same qualification we see for elders in 1 Timothy 3, 2. It refers to being self-controlled. And that was much needed uh, there on the island of Crete, where many put forth little effort to check their passions. And so it includes being in control of your mental, emotional, and spiritual faculties. This task may become more difficult as we age. And uh, it's not that I know from personal experience that that's true, but older ministers, I hear from that. They've lost their patience with people. Well, you got to keep working on that. You've got to keep working on being temperate, even in your old age. Next, older men are to be dignified. This attribute was among the qualifications for both elders and deacons over in 1 Timothy. So a person who is dignified is worthy of respect. Some lead such uh, desolate, desolate lives that people lose respect for them. We are to live in a godly manner so that even unbelievers will respect the way we conduct ourselves. You know what? I want to have a little excursus here. So our last couple of presidents here in the United States, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, very old. And uh, people didn't like the attitude of Trump, and people don't trust the attitude of Biden. And uh, why? And, uh, I don't want to ask that question. I want to point out some other things that Elon Musk, the you know he's take, thinking about buying Twitter, looking into that. He tweeted out that we need to put a cap on how old a person can be to be president. I first read that, I just shook my head. Unbelievable. But you know what? Everyone's thinking it. These people are too old. We need to not let old people become president. They think that they're losing their faculties. Well, some may be, but no, that's not the problem. They're not being dignified. They're not being temperate. They're losing their patience faster. Because of the the attitude in our country. You're going to see this in more and more older folks as time goes on, unless we make a change. Well, we, we need to ban guns. We need to ban people from owning guns. We need to do all these things. That's not the problem. Oh, we need to arm the teachers. Well, fine. Okay, I mean, I get all those things need to be taken a look at, but that's not the real problem. It's the heart with young people. It's the heart with older people. It's the heart with the women. It's the heart with the country. That's the problem. We're not raising our children correctly. Older people are not raising their children correctly. Younger people are not looking at the inner self. They're being self, self, uh, uh, not self, I keep saying wanting to say selfless. They're being selfish. Sorry, man. They're being selfish. Now, that's my excursus. So, we need to think about that. That's why we're running into the problems we're running into. We're not 
holding to the ideals of the Bible. So back to the qualities here. The third quality for older men. Sensible. And this was also listed as a qualification for elders, wasn't it? And this is a word that appears in, in, in both lists, being translated prudent over in 1 Timothy 3, 2, and sensible, Titus 1, 8. And the definition is similar uh, to the temperate or self-controlled. It includes the idea of being level-headed, having common sense. Common sense. This was evidently one of the more pressing needs on Crete and in the United States. And so in this chapter, Paul repeatedly emphasized the importance of being sensible. Here, uh, verse 2, verse 5, verse 6, verse 12, same word. Older men needed the qualities listed here so that they would be sound in faith, in love, and in perseverance. Being sound, that's uh, uh, the same as being spiritually healthy. And three aspects, again, there's the three, of spiritual health are listed. Faith, love, and perseverance. Faith in this verse is one's personal faith in the reliance of the Lord. As time goes by, we should come to trust less and less in self and more and more in God. But we don't see that, do we? We don't. Love is the agape word. Embraces love for both God and one's fellow man. The inclusion of love adds many other spiritual requirements. Patience, kindness, humility, courtesy, unselfishness, a forgiving nature, hopefulness, all these things. As we get older... We can drift into a negative a negativism, uh, develop the habit of fault-finding. We must strive to grow in love. The hallmark of Christian maturity is love. Okay, That word perseverance, that is patience and endurance and fortitude and steadfastness, holding fast even when difficulties threaten to overwhelm us. That is Abraham Lincoln. Right there, Abraham Lincoln. It would be hard to think of better goals than these. To keep a person's faith strong, to learn to love all people, and to endure faithfully to the end. Verse 3. Boy, I am not getting through this faster than I thought. We may have to break this up into two parts. So let's look at the the next section. Older Christian women. So, again, to repeat it, uh, older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. So here's that, likewise. I like that term. We'll see that a few times. It ties together the instructions to older men and those to older women. It ties them together. So what was said to older men can be applied to older women. And what was being said to older women can be applied to older men. So he doesn't have to constantly repeat himself. Very good. Paul said that older women are to be reverent in their behavior. That word translated reverent, that occurs only here in our New Testaments, is a combination of sacred and fitting. And it indicates a behavior fit for sacred service, you could say. And it has a, a, this word was used in Greek literature, inscriptions, and whatnot, to describe the conduct of a priest. The New Testament teaches that every believer is part of the priesthood. Every single one, male and female. 1 Peter 2, 5, and 9. Revelation 1, 6, 5, 10. All of us, older women included, 
should always, always, always conduct ourselves as individuals engaged in a sacred service. Sacred is important to God. And so Paul begins to list two things here. Older women should not be next. Because this is not part of the sacred living, ladies. Malicious gossips. Um, or it, it could mean, uh, it has part of that term is diabolos, slander. Diabolos, doesn't that sound familiar? Diablo, diabolos, slander. Both careless gossip and malicious gossip are condemned by God. We see that all throughout the Bible. They should not be enslaved to much wine. This is similar to one of the qualifications for elders and deacons, but the language is even stronger, enslaved. Um, that means akin, that's akin to, to, to being a slave. So you don't have control. You don't have any choice. You just do it. How does that happen? When you drink it too much and you get to a point where you just got to have it. So you're addicted. Today, we would say not an alcoholic. This would have been a special challenge on an island known for its wine. The directive may imply that some older women had too much on their hands. So, again, here's a little excursus about drinking alcohol. Uh, I have people who disagree with me in the church today, ministers, people I greatly respect and love. But I cannot and I will not preach or teach that drinking alcohol is a sin. I can't. The Bible does not make it a sin. What is a sin is when you allow that to affect your mind, when you do it too much, or when you do it in a way where it causes others to stumble or question their role within the body of Christ. As such, in our society, it has a stigma. Also, as the arguments on the other side who say you shouldn't drink at all, our alcohol is a lot stronger, a lot stronger. We ought to avoid it. Okay, we ought to. Some people ask me, uh, especially from the pulpit, I will say, don't do it. Don't do it. If you do, you better temper it. And if I were you, I would do it in the uh, in my home and I would keep it quiet. I wouldn't do it out in public. Okay? There's no real need there. All right? There's no real need. Just don't do it. All right. Moving on from the excursus because we're at 18 minutes. Oh, my. We are going to have to cut this in half. So instead of gossiping, instead of drinking wine, or being, I should should say, instead of being enslaved to it, what should these women be doing? Teaching what is good. Teaching what is good. It combines the idea, uh, that that, uh, word for good there, or teaching, combines the words of teacher and good. It's all one word, and applies to that which is Good, noble, and praiseworthy. That teacher could suggest formal classroom instruction. But everyday teaching of what is good by speech, by example, is primarily in view here. And whom should they teach in the passage? Well, the younger Christian women, so that they may encourage them. Encourage. That's a form of the word that we've been translating as sensible. In the classical Greek, it meant to bring a person uh, to their senses. And he, it, it, ha, it has here the sense of instruct, uh, instructing them, instructing others regarding their behavior that shows good judgment. Surely, surely 
none are better equipped to teach and train younger women than the godly, older Christian women. Their instruction should start with their own daughters and granddaughters, but the text is not confined to relatives. Young Christian women should appreciate their older, more experienced sisters in Christ seeking their counsel and advice. Older Christians can adorn the doctrine, both men and women. Old age is not a time for retirement from the work of the Lord. It doesn't happen. You know how people always say, preachers never really retire? And that is true, at least it should be. That's true for all Christians. Christians don't retire. Christians don't retire. (laughs) There is always something for us to do. Therefore, this is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. How true. Well, should I jump? I want to jump in a little bit into the younger Christians, but I can already see from the time I'm not going to get through it all. So we'll probably come back to the young Christians next week and finish this out. But let me read it first. It's the end of verse 4. So that, verse 4, so that they may encourage the young women. So that's for the older women. Here's what they are to encourage them to do. To love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. Why? So that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, there's that likewise term again. Urge the young men to be sensible. There it is again, sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity in doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Awesome. Good good words to live by. And what were the, going back to verse 4, what were the older women to teach the young women? Number one, to love their husbands. Christian home, a Christian home starts with a Christian wife and a Christian husband who love one another. Love their husbands. Guess what that word love there is? It is not agape. It's phileo. It literally means husband lover. In that day, many marriages were arranged and young brides often had to learn to love their husbands after they were married. Today, even in societies where marriages are not arranged, couples sometimes get married because of physical attraction. You think? I think that's probably mo- almost always the case. And then they discover they really do not care for those they married. They need, the need still exists for older women to teach young women to love, phileo, their husbands. And so what does that mean? Uh It has to do with affection. How can a bride be taught to like her husband, to care for him, even feel affection for him? Well, some older women have suggested that young wives do for their husbands what they would would if they already loved them. It has been said, it is easier to act yourself into a new way of thinking than to think yourself into a new way of acting. Okay? Let me repeat that, because I think that's true. It is easier to act yourself 
into a new way of thinking than to think yourself into a new way of acting. My wife Jenny does this for our kids. She makes them have what she calls positive affirmations. She has it all written up. They have to go and read it, taped to their wall. And I've watched them do it, and the kids hate it. <laughs> Not that I should they, they don't hate it, but there are times where they're annoyed by it. That's probably a better way of explaining it. They're annoyed. <laughs> but you know what we're doing there? We're making them think their way into a new way of acting. I said it backwards. Act their way into a new way of thinking. <laughs> Man, I'm messing this up. I'm trying to get them to act their way into a new way of thinking. It's hard to think about that. It, 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 it seems to contradict itself with the way we do things in life, doesn't it? Others, let's get back to this because we're at 25 minutes. Uh, but we'll, we'll dive into this more next week. But you know, uh, getting back into this, others, ladies, have emphasized that young, uh, a young wife should not get so busy that she has no time for her husband. Loving relationships take time and work. Above all, older women can show young women what a loving relationship looks like. How? By modeling it in their own lives. Okay? And there's more requirements about you know loving their children. We'll get to that next week. We're going to have to stop it here. But isn't that great? Isn't this good? Don't we need this in our society? Imagine what our country would look like if we lived like this. Guess what? Why do you think? Why do you think America was great? And, and me, I mean, exploded. When you look at our history of where we, how we started, and how we got to where we are, amazing. Now, right now in today's age, young people only want to focus on all the negative. Look how evil our nation was. And what we did. But we got rid of those things. And how did we how were we able to overcome it? Christian values. People were trying to be Christians. And man, were we changing by leaps and bounds. And when we make you make those kind of positive changes, Satan attacks. And so there were people in this country that didn't want it to happen. They didn't want to end slavery. They didn't want blacks to have equal treatment. That is true. But that was a much smaller group, and they could not overcome those who wanted uh, that for uh, uh, freedom for all people. Well, we're, we're at the end. We're a little over. Apologize. Thank you for being here. Redeem the time. Come back next week, and we'll finish up uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Take care. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. Be sure to check out the podcast for this program on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. To find it, just go to the website and click on the podcast link at the top of the page.